A professional counselor in the Dallas area is growing in popularity for his treatment methods. How do you talk to kids about terror? And with social media and television, it's everywhere and it's unavoidable for kids. Rusty Lozano is the founder of the Center for Biofeedback and Behavior Therapy. He's also been nationally recognized for his work with brain mapping. He's created a gym to work out the mind. His office features an obstacle course. Rusty Lozano is a licensed professional counselor, helping children with headaches, with anxiety, ADHD, and more. Here's where Lozano comes in. He teaches kids how to think their pain away with something called biofeedback. A North Texas therapist is treating patients in this unconventional way. We have Rusty Lozano who's joining us today. He's a licensed professional counselor. He put together an unusual treatment for teenagers who are struggling with mental issues, except he's taking this now a step further. Rusty Lozano a leading uh, therapist and uh, pediatric biofeedback therapist based in Texas at the Center for Biofeedback and Behavior Therapy. And uh, Rusty, thanks for being with us tonight. Rusty Lozano, a father of four and also a professional counselor in Texas, says it's all about being a credible resource to your children. The Therapy Hour with Rusty Lozano, your dedicated resource for mental health news, views, and tips you can use. Brought to you by the Center for Biofeedback and Behavior Therapy in Addison, Texas. And now, here's Rusty. Good afternoon. 12 o'clock on Sunday. We have a really good topic today. Bullying. You know, if you're a family member, you're a parent, you have uh, children, or you've even heard about it, how bad the epidemic is getting, it's a pretty broad topic. <clears throat> One of the things that I think is important to understand about bullying is, is how... It's actually changed over the course of time. Um, a study from the Center for Disease Control says that between one in four and one in three U.S. students have been bullied. That's a, lot, that's a pretty big statistic because you think about how many kids are actually in school and what they're experiencing. Uh, and they also say most bullying happens in middle school. The most common types are verbal and social bullying. <coughs> Excuse me. And there is a growing awareness of uh, the problem of bullying, which may lead some to believe that bullying is increasing. However, some studies suggest that the rates of bullying may be actually declining. Uh, it still remains prevalent and a serious problem in today's schools. Because we hear about it, and you think about these kids that actually are, are committing suicide, and it actually leads to some pretty substantial uh, effects socially. So what we've done is we brought two specialists in today. Dr. Millie Lozano, director of Horizon Counseling Center in Irving, Texas. She's a, developed, a child development specialist and also my sister. Uh, <laughs> and uh, welcome to the show. Thank you, little brother. I, I, I'm very proud to be here and uh, looking forward to this topic. It's very important and uh, something that we can use to uh, help parents and educators know what the signs are and how to prevent something uh, that's happening in a current with such a prevalence. Absolutely. Uh, and we're going to talk a lot more about that. Uh, we also have Erin Lozano. She's the Director of Early Childhood at the Center for Social Success in Dallas, Texas. And she is a play therapy and social skills specialist. And this is my wife. Um, <laughs> have two, it's all in the family. And, and there's a broader spectrum of specialists and uh, that are in the field, my uh, my mother-in-law as well. She's the director of the Center for Social Success. Um, and so, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> thanks for being here. She's not feeling too good today, so I'm really happy that you actually showed up. So, thanks for doing this. Um, so, Millie, let's talk a little bit about 
bullying, there's a new face to it because it's not like the childhood bullying that we recall mm-hmm. growing up. I mean, some of that is still there, but it's actually changed because now we have internet bullying. We have cyber bullying. And some of that, you know, there was a discussion on my Facebook and some of you know, we talk about how it's actually different than what we recall as, as children growing up because cyberbullying, sometimes the effects of that, it, it doesn't go away. It doesn't. It's, it, it stays. And um, I, I, I kind of developed my theory on this through, through studying <coughs> and, and looking at research. Basically, uh, uh, what happens is uh, nowadays we have a lot of technology. Uh, when we were young, we were able to go to the park, go crawdad fishing, do a lot of things, and negotiate those different types of relationships with other children. So we were able to practice, uh, you know, uh, when, when there was a dispute, when we were fighting, when, when something was happening, we, could, we were able to, to resolve that conflict through experience. And because times have changed, a lot of children don't have the opportunity to go out and play outside like we did till dusk till dawn. Yeah. Uh, make sure you come in when the sun comes in because there's a, there's a lot of dangers. And so they don't seem to have that opportunity to learn those skills. So perhaps maybe that might be related to the lack of empathy. And when you have lack of empathy, uh, you're maybe more prevalent to, to you know, be a bully or, or, or not know that there's feelings involved when, you, when you're uh, dealing with your peers. So uh, th- it is, there's a lot, there's a prevalence of cyberbullying you can hide behind. You know, and, and you, so you mentioned something that's actually pretty interesting, and, and this is a point that I actually made on Facebook. Um, there's no closure sometimes. You know, if we're out there at the ditch, uh, growing up by the creek, and we had all kinds of little <laughs> encounters uh, in that neighborhood, there was closure because you'd see those kids time and time again, and sometimes, like, the, the attitudes and the intensity kind of wore down, and then, like, you, you kind of learned to, to, to reacclimate. But some of these encounters, like, there is no direct face-to-face there is no re-encounter and when there is it's usually still so separated that there really is an, an inability to, to actually develop closure mm-hmm. with these kids and and the and the, and the crowd <clears throat> is bigger like if you had a problem with somebody uh when you were a child it was between you and maybe one other child but now that you're involving technology you might have 50 followers that are watching so which may manifest an acute acuteness of that of that bullying but it's it's real important to define what bullying is and how to deal with it with parents as well you know what's interesting um this makes me think about a a patient that i had at my office and and some things were said about her and uh and really terrible things about you know comments about her physical appearance and and you know her face uh and so i had alerted the mom to uh to you know, this happening on the internet and we were trying to find a solution to actually take care of it mm-hmm. uh, and take those posts down. And so then I contacted somebody who actually specializes in being able to, you know, access computer information and it was going to cost tens of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. to try to remove that information, which means that it was still lingering. It's, it's, and nobody could afford that, afforded yeah. that, you know, unless you're really determined, uh, but it's going to linger. And so even after the circumstances of, Qualston, like you don't see the person anymore, the after effects of, of cyberbullying, the after effects of these comments made on the internet, they're, they're, they're indefinite. Yeah, so, so it, 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 what I'm hearing is it's perhaps it's probably a little bit more important to be proactive instead of reactive. 
uh, after it's done, damage is is is, is there, and uh, making sure that you can educate uh, your child on on how to uh, not be such a uh, a victim on on the radio on the uh, radio on the on the you know technology uh, site and how to recognize that and and be very be very present you know know your passwords of 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 what's going on be able to you know let your child have that engagement with your child and follow them um so you can see what's going on you can see what's going on you're always monitoring you're aware Mm -hmm. of what's happening but there's things you can do afterwards as well um unfortunately you know Hopefully it's it's it doesn't ha- get to that extent, but there's authorities and, and there's a lot of schools that are, are uh, actually now implementing rules. Uh, and so collaborating with your educators uh, as well as with police authorities, if it gets if it gets too out of hand. And that zero shots. tolerance, I think, is actually what's what this mm-hmm. study had actually talked about. Uh, making a difference. Mm-hmm. And this information, actually, uh, the, the, at least the information I'm talking about is from the stopbullying.gov website. Um, and it, it is full of great information. Um, and, and one of the key things that they say that is really uh, a, been a monumental implementation has been that the fact that school is involved, that there's a zero tolerance policy that these teachers and, you know, if you alert a teacher or you let a school official know, then there are going to be repercussions for the bullier, and, uh, and, and essentially, you know, things are going to be intact, and, and there's a process. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's, defer- it's definitely a classroom phenomenon. It's, it's, you don't see bullying as much on, at home, hopefully, or in the playground. Yeah. It's a classroom phenomenon, and the, age, the ages of children, uh, because there are so many cutoff ages and developmental things that are occurring, they manifest themselves in different ways. It, yeah. So elementary school looks different than middle school <coughs> than does uh, high school. So understanding yeah. those, um, th- those, uh, those developmental processes uh, in, in order to uh, develop a plan. You know, and, and so and when we come back in this next segment, because I want to talk about, like, the definition of mm-hmm. bullying. But just to kind of add on to what you're saying is uh, a classroom phenomenon that, you know, you're likely to see these things happen because you're, you only see these kids mostly at school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you don't see them on the playground or you don't see them out and about. Not like it was when we were growing up in the 80s. You know, I keep referring back to that era. But <laughs> it was golden because we were they always were outside. I mean, it, we were always playing and, like, you know, interacting. And so you'd see the same kid, the same uh, individual, the same group of kids, and then you can see them in a different light. Uh, I remember my own experience growing up um, in fifth grade. I was bullied, and uh, and and we were in at, at recess, and I remember uh, I was bullied because I made a, a terrible shot with a soccer ball, and uh, and so then it was you know my athletic skills were kind of made fun of, mm-hmm. and then I saw the same group of kids at a playground, and we were playing. Uh, hide and go seek or chase or something like that and uh and i was really good at that and so then i kind of redeemed myself Mm -hmm. from that and it was really interesting if you're just joining us uh we're talking about bullying and we're going to talk about the new face of bullying and tips and advice for parents um my guest millie dr millie lozano and aaron lozano from the director of center for sexual social success i'm sorry director of early childhood we'll be back after the break guys You're listening to The Therapy Hour with Rusty Lozano. Brought to you by the Center for Biofeedback and Behavior Therapy in Addison, Texas. We're back from the break. 
If you're just joining us, we're talking about bullying, the new face of, and we're going to talk about tips and advice for parents. Um, it's a it's a huge epidemic, you know, and, and it, it upsets me because I know personally uh, I've experienced bullying, and uh, and I know that kids that I've seen at my office are also experiencing it. Um, let me talk a little bit more about the Center for Disease Control study, um, and um, and it's the Center for Disease Control and Department of Education. This is a 2014 uh, release that they had uh, had had included in this um, website, stopbullying.gov. Um, and they say that here are the definitions of bullying. So what is bullying? Um, the core elements of the definition include unwanted aggressive behavior, observed or perceived power imbalance, and repetition of behaviors or high likelihood of repetition. And there are different, different, many different modes and types of bullying. Um, the current definition acknowledges two modes and four types by which youth can be fulfilled, can be bullied, and can bully others. The two modes of bullying include direct, and that is, i.e., bullying that occurs in the presence of a targeted youth, and indirect mode, and that is bullying not directly communicated or targeted uh, to the youth, such as... Uh, uh, spreading rumors. Um, in addition, the two modes or four types of bullying include broad categories. There's physical, verbal, uh, relational, and that is efforts to harm the reputation or reputations of the targeted youth and damage to property. Um, and so I don't see the mention much of, uh, of the cyberbullying effect, but uh, these are the different types of that, that kids are attacked. Um, do you see this a lot? I mean, in your own experience, do you do you hear about these kinds of accounts? Uh, damage to property, either direct bullying where you get in your face and you say it, or indirect. Um, and I guess the indirect could actually encompass more of the uh, cyberbullying, or you you could hear rumors that were spread, or even actually posted or on the internet. Uh, but have you heard of these kinds of accounts in your experience? Yeah, um, it it all depends on what type of child. Uh, is involved there, uh, and there's different types of bullying. So you're going to find some that are more direct. Uh, and these we're going to tend to find in a younger generation, in the in the, in the younger <coughs> elementary school. Then you're going to find the ones that are indirect. So I would imagine like the destruction of, of property and things like that would occur in a, with a child that it, his cognitions are are more concrete. Uh, where they're actually their way of understanding is experiential and tangible, so they're going to destroy. You see a lot, a lot of this in in, in play therapy, in child play therapy, mm-hmm. where the manifestation of, of of the aggression, but is is um, is is exerted. But it's really, really important to understand the difference between aggression and 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 bullying because. Aggression uh, is is a normative reaction, especially with young people. But bullying is a specific, methodical, targeted dynamic. It it it's, it has to do, like you said, with power differential. You're going to find somebody's weaker, somebody's yeah. different. Somebody targeted. looks different. I mean, their their size, their their uh, race, their creed. You know, something like that. Mm-hmm. If, uh, you know, there are. Now there's a melting pot. I mean, America's always been a melting pot of different cultures, but now you overtly see people who are different, mm-hmm. and, and they look different, and they have different uh, appearances. And so that's an easy – that could be a really easy target, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, and, and there's a diff- there's also a difference between, like you were saying, uh, with bullying, destruction of property. Well, that's one type of bullying. That's physical bullying. You know, that's there's hitting, pushing, kicking involved. 
Okay. Smashing but, somebody's iPhone, iPhone, or, you know, knocking their books right. out and uh, breaking their things, or 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 just that's more yeah. the kind of bullying that I kind of remember. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, uh, you, you'd see somebody, especially because we used to ride bikes a lot. You know, and and like your bike would get thrashed or it disappeared. You find it in the ditch. Yeah. But I imagine like when we got older, it, it 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 was it looked different. It was like rumors. Oh, this person is like this, or that mm-hmm. person is like that. So it looked different. So smashing bikes and all that, it it it. Uh, that's probably what was more pre- prevalent. And then you have that verbal bu- bullying, that, that, that ridicule, uh, the insulting, the threatening. But there's the latest trend, like we were talking, as aforementioned, there's the latest trend that it's, it's all gearing towards technology and cyberbullying. And, and that's pretty scary because we're still trying to wrap our hands. Our- and, and we can't. You know, yeah. I mean, and, it's. Uh- yeah. And there's a whole new, there's a whole new you know, uh, school behind uh technology phenomena. I mean, people nowadays are really, really uh, focusing on uh, technology as it affects, as it is, relates to different types of things, bullying, uh, as it relates to schooling and things like that. So uh, def- definitely is um, d- definitely is, is a difference. But you understand that bullying is, is defined as something that's targeted or, or hurts towards somebody, and it recurs over time. And the more weaker the victim is, uh, the longer it's going to be, the, 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 and the bigger the power differential. So if this bully is really, really a, a big-time bully, and this person is really, really, a, a, you know, a very meek uh, child, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to continue. So that, that, that dif- differential uh, actually uh, creates a stability over time. Let me ask you something. Um, you know, we, I, I was talking about, and, and this, again, this has happened on Facebook, but there's a big difference between, like, rough play among friends and rough play among a group of individuals and bullying. Um, you know, one of the examples that was out there was, <laughs> it was really tough, but uh, growing up, a couple of these guys that we grew up with uh, loosened up the nuts on a bicycle. <laughs> and so they were going to try to jump over the creek. And so they would, uh, you know, whoever's going to try it and say, I bet you can't do it. They'd ride the bike, they'd jump the creek, the wheel would fly off, and then the forks would stick into the ground, and they'd, they'd tumble off. Um, that's, that's rough play. You yeah, know, that's, our mischievous, that's our mischievous childhood friends. But if that, if that continued with that same child... Right. If they were targeted, oh, here comes so and so. Like our little friend Jason that we had. Remember, right. he was always the the the, the target of bullying, a, a target of of being made fun of, of pranks. And so that's the difference between that child that jumped over the creek, maybe a one time deal because you guys wanted to be mischievous, versus the little boy that was that was, um, uh, you know, a constant, uh, you know, uh, target for, and, for that. And bullying. that that particular kiddo you're you're addressing, uh, he was was known as a provocative victim mm-hmm. because he looked a little different. He yes. acted a little different. He was easy to pick on. It was kind of, you know, I, I remember like the guy, some of these guys laughing at her, hearing him scream and, uh, and, and, you know, it was, it was tough to kind of be and watch that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there are some kids that actually are very provocative victims because they look different there. And, and Aaron and I, we we're talking about this on the way over here, how some kids, you know, pick their nose in public and they do things that uh, are just kind of socially abnormal and makes them an easy target it makes them an easy target and so if like you know and and if this is happening in middle school you think about this it's happened with these kids in middle school this is where uh identity a lot of these kids are are still trying to find out who they are and like they're developing their personalities and uh and they're trying to you know be cool so they use other people as stepping stones 
And so, yeah, this is, I think that that's when one of the reasons you're likely to see this kind of age group uh, and, and the fact that, you know, you're, you're actually discovering some autonomy about yourself and you have an ability. Uh, and then, you know, later on, you f- these, you know, you find out these people are actually pretty good people and, and mm-hmm. they didn't mean any harm. Yeah. It, you know, in, in, in the child development, you also have to understand that there is a sense of modeling, you know, um, uh, they children, you know, to, to understand whether it's it's something that's that's that they're, they're being a bully or whether it's a sign of what's going on in the home. And I, I know, Aaron, that you, you work with a lot of kids that, uh, you know, that perhaps you might see signs of, hey, well, maybe this is being modeled at home. Um, uh, or it even trickles down. And like, mm-hmm. you know, if there's there's been some uh, some sort of a behavior that's, you know, that the child is being um, punished for or there are circumstances in the house, that that's displacement, that 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 infram- that behavior, that intensity, that emotional hurt gets displaced and it gets passed on to something else. But if you look even beyond the home, like look at our social uh, TV, for, for instance, uh, American Idol. Everybody loves American Idol. Who do you love from American Idol? Who do you remember as a judge from American Idol? Ryan Seacrest. He's not Simon. Judge. Simon Cowell. The bully. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> the <shows>. bully. <laughs> the bully. <laughs> Everybody but Russ. I don't know. I, I don't watch. <laughs> okay. Simon Cowell. He is so mean. He is so, so foul and mean to everybody. A very huge bully. Very judgmental. Absolutely. If you look at today, who is running for president? Yeah. A bully. Right. <laughs> okay. That may be controversial, but he absolutely is a bully. Absolutely. And it turns heads and like, you know, it, the things that he says, outlandish. Yes. So you're talking about modeling and our our everyday TV will model bully behavior for us. The voice you're hearing is Erin Lozano. She's the director of early childhood at the Center for Social Success. Um, she's the play therapy specialist and, and social skills specialist. And um, and we're going to be talking to you here in a little bit. But first, I want to switch over to Millie. Millie, how did you get into this field? Well, uh, as a, I've always loved kids. I, I, I believe I've, I've had a, a, a very good, uh, I, I can build relationships really quick with them. But as a child, I remember sometimes uh, I didn't speak when things <coughs> happened at school. And that's, that's like a really big problem with kids nowadays. And that's why that relationship between parents and children are very important. But I started seeing a pattern of, of the, the no voices for these kids. So... Um, I wanted to, to, to help kids and, I, and the only way that you can help them is understanding them. So you don't understand, uh, so you, you want to study what's normal so you can see and see the patterns of abnormality when you see normal. And so one of my favorite loves is, is to do parenting. That's, that's my favorite love. A lot of, uh, parents tend to, they call me and they're like, well, I have this problem child and this is going on. When can you see him or her? I'm like, well, you know, uh, if you would raise this child in an optimal environment, this wouldn't be an issue. So let me, why don't I see you and come in and maybe I can train you on different dynamics and things to do in order to help this child. So, it, so it's just, really a lot of a lot of your passion comes from like your earlier experiences. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so then I was you, bullied. I was bullied as a child. I was I've always been, you know, a, a chubby kid. And and sometimes that's that's different. I was also a nerd. I, I love to um, 
to read and you know it was and it, and you know what that did that translated into the person and the specialist that you are millie how can people find you uh they can uh, go on psychology today uh just look up dr millie lozano uh, Psychology Today in Irving, Texas, and my uh, identifying numbers are there, and I'd be more than happy to, to help any parents who are, uh, that have children that are going through this um, uh, and help them collaborate with their educators and children. Outstanding, Millie. Thank, Thank you, you so much for being on the show. We'll be right back after the break, folks. You're listening to The Therapy Hour with Rusty Lozano, brought to you by the Center for Biofeedback and Behavior Therapy in Addison, Texas. We're back from the break. If you're just joining us, we're talking about bullying, bullying, sorry, and the new face of it. Um, and this is information I think that kids, it, it's good for kids, it's good for families, and good for anybody who, who has uh, experienced this. Um, let's talk a little bit about this uh, Center for Disease Control study. It's on uh, stopbullying.gov. Uh, kids who are bullied can experience negative physical, school, and mental issues. Kids who are bullied are more likely to experience, and here's a list of them, depression and anxiety, increased feelings of sadness and loneliness, changes in sleep and eating patterns, and loss of interest in activities they used to enjoy. That's called anhedonia. Um, the, these issues may persist into adulthood. Um, and there's also health complaints. And there's decreased academic achievement, GPA, and standardized test scores in school participation. They're more likely to skip, miss, or drop out of school and avoid it. And a very small number of bullied children might retaliate through extremely violent measures. In 12 of 15 school shooting cases in the 90s, the shooters had a history of being bullied. Mm. So here to talk to us a little bit more about this, um, Aaron Lozano. She is the Director of Early Childhood at the Center for Social Success in Dallas, Texas. She's a play therapy specialist and social skills specialist. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So Aaron, just talked about a whole series of these kids, these symptoms that you are likely to see with kids. You actually treat a lot of these kids at Correct. the place. Um, tell us a little bit more about your experience with treating these kids and what are you hearing? What do you, what do you see? What's the most common thing that you see with this, with these kids coming in for treatment? A lot of kids that come in are more on the victim side. And so, um, they have a lot of problems, uh, standing up for themselves, being appropriately assertive, um, don't know what to do in those social situations when they are being picked on, Um, And so a lot of what we do at the center is uh, social skills groups and help kids um, when they are uh, feeling that way. And we work on it. The way that that we do the group is we spend some time talking about whatever topic it is and then spend the rest of the time working on it. So playing. Because when you are when you're doing a group, when you're teaching somebody about social skills, you really have to not only teach it, but do it. And that's that's huge because there's the implementations for just <clears throat> talking about theoreticals and talking about well in hypothetical situations. I always talk to my kids at my practice um, that you know you can't talk about ha- teaching a kid how to fight a lion and and giving them instructions saying okay first you do this and then you're going to do this and then we bring in a lion and they're like oh no 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 I'm mm-hmm. not going to do this um, and so it makes sense that you know you have to actually 
you have to go in there. You have to actually put them in these kinds of situations, see how they perform, and then do your interventions. And right. what sort of interventions do you use? Um, we, when we're looking at how to be assertive, right? So if we're teaching that to kids, then uh, like what you guys have talked about first is recognizing what is the definition of, of bullying. Because some little kids will come in and see me and say that they've been bullied, but it's really not. There's not an imbalance of power. They're just kids saying mean things or grabbing somebody's toy or hitting them when they're angry. It's not a r- repeated offense. So you really educate those kids on understanding like what it is and right. what it's not. And in addition to that, so kids that think that they are bullied when they're in fact not, but also kids who don't know that uh, what somebody else is doing is bullying. So really teaching them that that is not acceptable, that, that the definition of that is bullying. And so when they understand and they're, they're, getting the, they, they're taught these concepts, how do you actually – uh, show them how to implement them. Well, so in the in the groups, what we'll do is so after we've taught what what bullying is, then we work on ways to appropriately stand up for yourself, right? So, uh, uh, an example that I use for kids that I focus on a lot is body language, right? So, if we look at the animal kingdom, look at cats. I like cats, so I I focus on cats. Um, a, a cat normally is just soft and sweet and furry. If you scare a cat, what is it going to do? It will either cower down, get real small, but it is going to more likely get big, arch its back, puff up its hair. Animals have a way that they, they, they puff up their hair and they also shoot their hair out. Mm-hmm. And the reason for it is to look bigger. <clears throat> when cats get scared, they also hiss and it sounds very loud um so if we use if we look at that um how how the animal kingdom can teach us about body mm-hmm. language um, because a lot of times kids come in and when they are bullied they will they will hunch down they will get lower they will get smaller so what we want to do is teach them to puff up and get bigger and stand Self-esteem up for themselves training so you know what you guys do that's so different than your average practice you guys use live animals you have right. like a puppy center. It's a puppy epicenter. And like they're always little puppies in there. Always. And like, uh, and it's really incredible what you guys have done with that because I think that it shows, it shows a live example. Like you can learn empathy. You can learn gentleness. You can exactly. learn kindness You can skills. learn body language and picking up on cues as well. So we use the puppies in a lot of different situations, whether it is from kind of icebreaker, you know, so kids feel comfortable. But I use them in the group when I have kids either looking at Picking up on what does it mean? The dog is running away and hiding under the chair. What does that mean? It doesn't mean go reach down and grab him yeah. and, and pet him even more. It means the dog is scared. So how can we work on calming the dog down? Blah, blah, blah. And those learning opportunities, actually, you, you know, you're likely to see a lot of these behaviors with these kids come out. And you'll see them actually maybe play out some of these uh, aggressions or or some of these pent-up emotions. Right. And I have kids that are... Uh, more aggressive not so much bully but aggressive that will in turn be aggressive with the animals and so we work on appropriate uh how to nicely pet the dog it's a really good way to do affective training it really is it's it's actually uh, because it's hands-on and it's live Mm -hmm. and it's not a theoretical i I don't like the theoreticals i I just think that they just don't work very well in a lot of these circumstances Mm -hmm. because you're you're contending with some really powerful emotional 
uh, blockers, defense mechanisms that, you know, when you're, it's like, again, I use this example of fighting a lion, but, you know, if you can uh, use a simulator to uh, simulate what it's like to go skydiving, and then all of a sudden, like, you know, you're, you get in the plane, and you're 15,000 feet up or whatever, and it's time to jump, you're like, oh, oh. I mean, so it's, it's these, these emotional uh, components that actually need to be addressed with these kids. And so using the animals the way that you do uh, has been a really effective tool to give insight. Uh, another thing that you actually do that I think is, is really incredible is you use these little figurines. Um, you do the sand tray therapy, and, uh, and you ask a child, and this is, and this is what is really fascinating about this approach. Uh, you ask a child to kind of depict a, a, a scenery, a link to something that involves an emotional state. And so um, they will actually uh, develop a little scene with little animals and caricatures and, and some, some of these little – and they get to pick them. And some of the little figures depict, like, aggression. Some depict, like, you know, um, running away or, like, you know, an obstacle that they have to overcome. And so then what you'll do is you'll go through and you will help these kids or, like, identify um, – identify like what these uh what these particulars are and help them process that right and that's really effective i mean it's and i love that idea because kids can't really express how they feel uh when they have so much suppression i mean it's like it's like therapy for children but in adults you know if i was feeling upset i could sit in front of my therapist and tell them like how upset i am to what degree but kids don't have that same they don't have the same degree of being able to express that Right. That's why play therapy is what it is, because kids kids relate to the world through play and toys are the language and, and play is how they they get it out. And so let's take a child who's been bullied. Right. And in uh, this this child is essentially uh, has been hurt. Um, their self-esteem is low. They come in, they're damaged, they're showing a lot of aggression. Uh, what's some of the first things that you would actually do with a child like this? Um. Well, uh, we look at two different avenues. I mean, the basic way that I work with kids is working on individual level as well as in a group. Um, so on an individual level, we want to get at, you know, what feelings, targeting feelings, uh, understanding feelings, um, being able to express it appropriately, um, and then working as, as a family unit as well because this child is not just a, a thing that we can pick out of the family mm-hmm. and, and treat and, and help without working on the family unit as a whole. I like that approach. I yeah. mean, I think that there's – sometimes it's the apple in the tree. These kids may play out these behaviors that are happening at home. And they may play them out on other kids. And we talked a little bit about that earlier. Maybe. Um, maybe not, though. I see plenty of kids where that is not the case. Yeah. Um, but still, as a family unit, you have to work. Everybody work on on their helping the child and being a, a healthier unit as a whole. Wait, and and that, I, that idea, real quick, that idea is not, you know, don't just take your kid into a treatment facility and, and Drop them help off. them mm-hmm. get fixed. It's not like a mechanic shop. Uh, I mean, you, you encompass like an, an approach and a treatment that actually involves the entire family. Correct. And a lot of these families do want to get involved. A lot of them do. And so, and, and I think that if they had the skills, the proper skills and strategies to do so, mm-hmm. it'd be super effective. You know what we're going to try to do? Uh, we're going to open up the guest line. Uh, the phone number is 214-866-8400. If there are any families out there, any parents that have any questions that they would like to ask us uh, in my guest, um, you know, please feel free to call in if you have any insight. If you've been bullied yourself and you have things that you'd like to discuss, 
um, this would be a good time to do it because we I think we have a really a really good topic here today and it's so broad and we're learning a lot about this um, and so I think that the most important thing to remember real quick is that uh, is that there are always things that you can do there's help we are right back after the break You're listening to The Therapy Hour with Rusty Lozano. Brought to you by the Center for Biofeedback and Behavior Therapy in Addison, Texas. We're back. If you're just joining us, we're talking about bullying and the new face of. And now we're talking about tips and advice for parents. Uh, We're also going to open up the guest line, 214-866-8400. I want to... I found this website. It's uh, it's stopbullying.gov, and I keep deferring back to it because it talks about a Center for Disease uh, study from 2014. And kids, this is what they say. Kids who bully others can also engage in violent and risky behaviors into adulthood. Kids who bully are more likely to, this is a list, abuse alcohol and other drugs in adolescence and, and as adults, get into fights, vandalize property, and drop out of school, engage in early sexual activity, have criminal convictions and traffic citations as adults, and be abusive towards their romantic partners, spouses, children, or children as adults. Um, And here to talk more about this is Erin Lozano. She's the Director of Early Childhood at the Center for Social Success in Dallas, Texas. Website is w.doctoristory.com. Um, and she's a play therapy and social <coughs> skills specialist. So, Aaron, we're talk- when we left uh, a- before the break, we were talking about these treatments that can be used for these kids and how the-, the last thought was that we don't want to just drop our kids off and get treated, but, you know, sometimes families want to be involved. Let's kind of pick up from there a little bit more and talk about, you know, some of the things that you do and would recommend um, so if a, if a family does have a child who's exhibiting some of these circumstances, how do they know when is the right time to bring their kid in for, for treatment and get assessed? Well, a lot of times schools and teachers will say something to the parents. Or you described a lot of the, the concerns, the red flags to look for if a child is being uh, victimized or um, uh, the such. So... Um, if, if a parent is concerned or if their child has said things or if they are starting to project and then do things, uh, do bully behavior like that as well, then I think that's a good time to come in. Mm-hmm. Therapy can't really do any harm. And, you know, when, when we work with kids on social skills, I think everybody could, could use a little boost in social skills in some avenue, um, yeah. but some more than others. And so – Let's say a parent now kind of brings up the idea of, of going to therapy and some kids are like, no, I'm not going to go. I'm not crazy. Uh, or, you know, if they're old enough to, to voice something like mm-hmm. that, uh, what is a way that they, uh, parents can actually say something to their child without alerting, you know, or, or triggering their I'm not crazy. I don't need help kind of. The way that I uh, tell parents to approach it with their kids is, you know, they'll come in and they'll do a parent meeting with me and we'll talk about it. And then I will suggest to them that they tell their kids, and granted, I see younger kids, and so they don't have to get into a whole lot of explanation, but I will suggest to them that they tell their kids that they met with Miss Erin and she's got puppies and I have a cool playroom with lots (laughs) of toys. Awesome. You know what we're going to do? Let's go ahead and take a caller and, uh, and let's see if we can talk. We're talking about bullying. Uh, hi, welcome to the Therapy Hour with Rusty. Who's on the phone? Hello? Hello. 
Hi. Welcome to the Therapy Hi. Hour. Hi. Great show. Interesting topic. Excellent. Uh, my, my question is in regards to bullying. What do you guys see now with the age of technology? And You have you know, Facebook and Twitter and, and Vines and everything like that. How does that... How do you guys see that as being more impactful or less impactful? Or what's, what do you guys see with that in, in regards to bullying? I will tell you an example um, that happened to my daughter last week at school. A kid that she knows, a boy asked her to take a little picture, send a little, send a little shot, um, and that picture got sent around the entire school. Mm. And um, uh, so everybody in the sixth grade knew about this poor little girl's poor choice. That awareness is real important. The school really. got involved. The teachers got involved. I was very impressed at how her school handled it. However, one little picture, one little mistake got forwarded on to everybody, and everybody knew about it. So I think that, you know, another thing you can do is like prior to this, I mean, let's say a child has already done this, uh, but one thing they can actually do, parents can actually educate their children. Filial therapy. Careful. Exactly. Be really careful what you do uh, because, you know, this can actually have effects on you. And, and so this is actually, and you mentioned filial therapy. Yes. Uh, do you, you know, there's no greater therapist than the parent. There's no, no years of, of being a therapist with children can replace the relationship that you have with your, your child. So giving them that sense of awareness uh, and sense of what they do so, so they don't make that mistake again. So you, you train your child or your, your, your adolescent, your student, what, how, to, how to not make themselves the victim or how to, uh, you know, kind of divert or the avenues that could make the make them victims for, of bullying. So, so just just training and just being given that sense of awareness and awareness of what's online and the, mm -hmm. being a follower of your child on the on the uh, computer on whatever sites they may be. I think that's an important point. Mm -hmm. Is that um, parents have to be more involved in it and have to. Um, you have to be friends with your kid on Facebook. You have to follow them on Instagram. Mm -hmm. My poor little daughter is very <laughs> embarrassed because I'm on top of They're it groupies. And, and follow her on everything. <laughs> yeah. However, that's my job as a parent to make sure, educate her, and make sure that she is making you know, good decisions. You know, it's interesting. Is we, a couple of weeks ago, we had a show uh, on what are they up to, and it, we had a bunch of kids in here. And, and one of the kids actually had a mom who was very – into her involved in her life and and checking her phone often and so um i remember she had a little brother here and he had made a comment and uh and over the break the mom called the daughter and said hey i'm gonna tell him i'm gonna check his phone as soon as he gets home so that's good choice. parents have to actually really get involved you know we have just as much insight and we we have the the capabilities even though the children are bigger you're still the adult you're still the the director of the household and so when your kids say no you're not going to have my phone you know, this is where you really need to be a little bit more involved and say, you know what, I am going to see your phone if you want it, uh, or you won't have access to it anymore. Those and are so, just the rules of having a mm -hmm. phone. And you know, speaking of rules, another thing that we can do as parents is we can become aware of the rules of the website. So there are rules, and uh, some things are not permissible. And if you know what the rules are, you can report those to the actual website to let them know what's going on, so they can stop. Uh, One thing that I would like to say is, um, so w we focused a lot on the bully and the victim themselves. However, 
like uh, given my daughter's example, right? So this was not her that this happened to. Um, however, it was a girl that she knew, was kind of friends with. So what is her role? What is her job if she knows that this is going on? So she is considered a bystander, and really bystander is the majority of everybody. Um, however, being the majority, they have the biggest impact and the biggest uh, job. So um, I am also my daughter's Girl Scout leader. And one thing that I try to impress upon those girls so inherently is that they have a job and a duty to stand up for people when bad things are happening to them. And I think that is something that we need to instill in our children and in kids because the bystander has the greatest impact. Mm-hmm. Far more than the bully, far more than the victim, the bystander mm-hmm. does. And the, and they're also on on uh, to piggyback on that. Uh, the, the bystander uh, research has shown that uh, bystanders of bullying are also affected. There's a, it's a, there's a lot of correlation, a uh, research correlation with a lot of uh, depression, a lot of anxiety and stress, not only for the victim but for the person that's actually watching it because uh, they might be the victim themselves or they could probably place themselves in, in that in that place but they're also the ones that are suffering so I uh, don't think it's just uh, 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 the dyad the bully victim dyad it, it goes beyond that as yeah. and, and, and it's you know uh, bullying comes from uh, from a, a mob it, it started in, in the Finnish Swedish area so it comes from the a mob mentality so uh, and that's where the prevalence of the word bullying comes from I mean, there's a lot of history behind that but you know you all you have to look at all of the parts that really uh, are affecting or, or are working the components and how they are affected. But victims uh, are are also affected. So one more tip for parents, though, is that if you have a child who's being picked on, then one thing I, I stress to kids is who's nice all the time. Who mm-hmm. can you choose that is nice all the time? What group of friends can you hang out with? So again, if we look at the animal kingdom. Um, then, uh, so if you look at a lion attacking a deer or whatever they're called, mm-hmm. um, a, a lion is not going to attack a whole herd. It's going to attack the, the animals on the periphery. So how can we help, help our children to be a part of a herd and be a part of a group of kids who are nice to them and will protect them? You know, what's interesting. That reminds me of like talking about the animal kingdom. Uh, how there was a, a pack of lions that actually attacked a, a small wildebeest. This is like the Battle of, yes. of That's a Kruger. Great video. Of Kruger. And if you look it up on YouTube, the Battle of Kruger Park, and it's a pack of lions, they attacked this, this little wildebeest, and, uh, and the whole herd ran off. And then they were, you know, you, heard, you see this scene where, you know, this little uh, calf is getting attacked by these three lions. And then also there's a crocodile that starts attacking the calf as well. Yes. And then it's just a horrific scene, and everybody's like, oh, my goodness. And then out of nowhere, Slowly the entire come pack mm-hmm. comes back, and, and they start to run off the lines. And then the calf gets up, rejoins the herd, and it was just an amazing thing because actually it's, this is something that you see in the animal kingdom. And so if, if, it's, if it, there's a capacity to do it there, right. then there's a capacity to do it in our society. Yeah. I think bystanders uh, know the difference between what is joking and what is true bullying. And whenever kids can actually, and this is, I think that we can spend some time educating the kids to stand up for others, stand up for, in, in the face of that, you'll even see some of the ones that are with that bullying pack say, hey, you know, that's enough. You know, that's kind of, you know, this is going too far. Yeah. Well, definitely bullies associate with other peers that are aggressive, which in turn provide reinforcement. So 
they're going to hang out with with the, the the same kind of people, and they're going to reinforce that. They view aggression as positive, and so that that's it's really really uh, concerning. So you know, understand that there there is that pact mentality when it when it comes to and, and these and these are kids we're talking about mm-hmm. now. Whether they're like big kids or little kids, uh, they're they're these are kids we're talking about. We've been talking about bullying. Uh, Aaron, how can families find you? Um, they can look online at www.dristry.com. Istry is spelled I-S-T-R-E. Or they can call at 972-404-3001.